edition of the EBVC podcast. Eric Dobretz and Brian Coleman as we are into March Madness. We are deep into March Madness, men and women. Uh, Brian, are you into it still? Or what? Talk to me about the weekend. It's a Sunday night. We're taping this. We've got Michigan and Florida State on right now as we are uh, taping this. And have you carved out the necessary time to, to get into this? Yeah. Are you uh, – just tell me. You talked about maybe a year two years ago compared to now. I think right now I've fallen back into it, you know, like a lot of people who love this tournament. I'm, I'm into it, man. Um, I've been to the most, I saw, I didn't see, we had beautiful weather in the Northeast uh, yesterday. Today's guys, crummy weather. So great day to just not go outside and just be lazy and watch hoops if you can do it. And yeah, I'm totally into it. Uh, I think there've been some good games. I don't think there's been a lot of nail biters except, you know, here and there, there's been too many blowouts you know, which I hate, but still I'm into it. I think it's more like we missed it last year and um, I'm into it. I mean, yeah, you don't have to sit there and I haven't like sat there and watched 11 straight hours, especially now that we're dwindling down, but I'm still really into it. Probably helps that I'm like not to brag here because I usually you throw my thing away by now. I'm like, I'm like in my picks, I still, as of right now, I have my final four still intact and and if depending if Oregon wins tonight, I'll have seven of the elite eight. So, yeah, I'm in fifth place in our work pool right now, and I lo- I have Illinois winning the whole thing though, so um, that screws me. But. Well, that's not going to happen. So no. my kids are still my youngest, my oldest was, and God bless her, you know, she picked Hartford and UConn in the final, so she she put Grand Canyon in the elite eight, but she she was bummed. <laughs> but the youngest kid who just went shocked, she goes, okay, the the higher the number, the better the team. She's still rolling and like are you. Two weeks ago, she couldn't say Gonzaga. She was saying Gonala, Gondola, Gonzana. And now that she keeps seeing them winning and Gonzaga's just crushing people, she's like, oh, man, I love Gonzaga. I just love it. They keep winning. I'm going to win this whole thing. So Good for her. We're into, we're into it here. So it's a little different. Like you said, the pools are smaller. My work pool, like there's no trash talk because I don't see that many people since we're all working from home at, at my office. But in our little uh, family here, yeah, we're still into it. So it's been yeah. good. I, you know, it's funny too. I picked Arkansas to win a few games and there, I, I still have them into, I had them going to the elite eight. So it's so tough, man. You're rooting for Oral Roberts, that kid to bang a three and win the game last night and then right. in your pool. So I found myself several times like, ah, who cares who I picked in the pool? I want to see the, the kid win. So I felt bad for them last night, but. I was that uh, same way with Villanova last night. I picked oh, yeah. I, I talked to you a couple weeks ago. I mean, I know I wasn't as tuned into regular season college hoops this year, but I, I, you know, I'm big on the Baylor bandwagon, so I have them going to the title game. But last night I was like, hey, but you know, like my heart's pulling for Jay Wright and Villanova. So I was like, I don't care if Baylor loses, but they won. And I thought Villanova, and also I'll, I'll shout out to Creighton let's do, on a local angle. I thought Villanova and Creighton, uh, Represent good well. runs and did the Big East proud in a year that uh, a, a sort of a down year for the men's Big East. I thought I thought they showed well. I agree 100. Uh, percent You asked me about Gonzaga. I I haven't watched one of their games yet. I I just I don't know what it is, man. It's like I guess it's like you know it's like watching toast. You know, just I, they don't do anything for me. I know the point guard's a pro, and yeah, I, I just haven't carved out a time to watch them because I know that none of their games are going to be close. I probably will in the next couple of days, but I'm just. I don't know. There's something about that team's. I'm not interested in them. I I, I just I don't care. I get you, and uh, that's why I didn't pick them. I picked Michigan because so many people were picking Gonzaga. You know they're undefeated, and I watched. I didn't watch a lot of their last couple of games, but the the games I have watched, like, and we've gone through this before. You know, for old guys like us, remember UNLV being undefeated going to the Final Four, and there's a reason nobody's done this since 1976. You know, gone undefeated and won the title, but. 
the, the times I watched him this year, which is like five and a couple times in the tournament, I, I got to say, dude, it, they're not overhyped. I don't care if it's a weak conference or not. Western, you know, the, the conference, they're out there, West Coast Conference. They're a machine, dude. They play the right way. The style of play is awesome. They pass. They they go to the basket, you know, cuts. All, I mean, it's beautiful. Bas- if you love basketball, I got to give it to them. It's beautiful basketball. Yeah, so, like I said, I'll watch it once it gets to the nitty-gritty. But uh, just haven't been into it right now. Just, just don't. Michigan, Juwan Howard's a great story. Hey, how about this breaking coaching news? Mike Woodson, the former Nick head coach, just got the Indiana job. He's 63 years old. Uh, yeah, I mean, I saw that. I was surprised. Speaking of Indiana, speaking of the 1976 Hoosiers, the last team to go undefeated, yeah. he was, he's, that's his time. He was on that like famous team. That's so he's obviously got Hoosier, you know, he's usually, he's obviously a big Hoosier guy. You know, he's part of the Hoosier family, a Bobby Knight disciple. I was a little surprised by that too. Yeah. Um, and I don't know, like maybe it's because, you know, when we're growing up, like again, Indiana was a huge program. Bobby Knight was a big deal. They were a national power or most years. Well, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Sorry to interrupt, but here's the thing. Are they a great basketball school, or do they just have a great coach for a really long time? I just saw. Well, that's the right thing. I mean, they haven't been a great basketball school in a long time, and you can prep it up. But at some point, like results matter. It's been twenty years since you guys have been to a final four, and they're like they they're going like, well, you know, we want to get the, like Brad, like Brad Stevens. You thought Brad Stevens was leaving the Boston Celtics to yeah. go to the two thousand twenty one version of Indiana basketball? Are you insane? Yeah. I mean, you're going to hire. Uh, I forget who else they were looking at. Chris, no, Beard. But Chris Beard, like, dude, you guys are not – they don't care about that. And Brad Stevens is as Indiana as Indiana gets. He says he loves the program. Indiana is his home. But he's not leaving the NBA. If he left the Celtics, at, I mean, he'd get another NBA job in about, I don't know, 20 minutes, 15? Indiana is not Notre Dame. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's, it doesn't have that cachet anymore. Not UCLA or, you know, they're just not. And even UCLA, that's another UCLA is not UCLA. Yeah. You know, that's – it's the coach. It's about the coaches. It's it's always it's always been about the coaches. You know? It's a weird hire, Mike Woodson. I like Mike Woodson. I thought he's been a you know one of those guys. I'm not sure what I'll hire him as my pro coach for the next 20 years, but he's a good coach and you know he's done a decent job. Well, you want to go kind, see of a, kind of a Maurice Cheeks type of head coach, but yeah, that's a weird hire for Indiana. It feels like I guess my point was going back to Brad Stevens and those other guys. Like, how many guys did they just have like 15 guys to say no, not interested, and they said, well, Mike Woodson's here. Yeah. Weird. So the men's tournament, as we say, they're turning the corner. They're going to play a couple more uh, rounds over the next couple of days, which the schedule, I guess I did look for the games on Thursday and Friday, so I did miss it a little bit. But now I do look for it. You know, Monday and Tuesday is such a crappy days of the week. And now to have something to look for, yep. is, I guess, I mean, I guess they're going to go back to their old ways. But um, it is kind of it's different, you know, like anything you get used to it, I guess. Right. Yeah, a little. But I'm right there with you because we're so we've been watching our whole lives, so you know. 30 something years is just like, it's always Thursday and Friday. And you're like by Thursday night, Hey, the weekend's here. There's more college basketball. So I'm with you. I definitely missed it Thursday and Friday. And I don't know what it's going to feel like to watch the elite eight on like a Monday night on a work night and a school night, but we'll find out. I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, not going to watch it. The one thing I will complain about, I know they're trying to consider the West coast too, but some of the start times of these games, I mean, I watched the first half of Houston and Syracuse. I wanted to watch the second half, but I, I couldn't stay up that late. I was tired. I don't want, I just went to bed. I just, I'm shut. I'm getting another shout out to my my father in law. God bless him. Eighty years old. Of course, he's like acts like he's fifty years old. Um, a huge Syracuse fan, a native, and he's been like 
poor guy's been like taking nap four hour naps so he can stay up till midnight to watch Syracuse. I give him credit, but um, weird. Yeah, like let's let's have one of the bigger East Coast programs constantly start at ten o'clock. Well, but again, you're not gonna sleep on that night anyway because the phone is ringing off the house, the hook in the house with the over under numbers with your mother in law. Oh yeah, that's true. No. Yeah. No. So he's last week it was my mother who ran the booking. Now this week it's my mother in law. So no, I think it was your mother in law the whole time, wasn't it? No. Okay, that's fine. She might not be listening, so that's fine. So listen, I want to run something by you. It's a little inside baseball, but I thought you'd get a kick out of it. Uh, I did. So the U- UConn women, they're playing. They beat Iowa yesterday. Good game, which did a monster number on News 8. Monster. I saw that. Did a 16 yeah. share at their high point, which is a, a oh. big number. Big I saw number. a national number, but that's a nice local number. Yeah, big number. Awesome. So a lot of people watching. So today they have an availability with Gino Oriema at 10 o'clock this morning. I'm home. I get on the call. Now, these are 15-minute availabilities usually. You do 15 minutes with a coach. If it's a regular season on a Zoom call, Gino will talk for an hour. They'll do right. They'll take every question. So I'm going to preface this by saying it's 15 minutes, but the problem with these calls, and again, I'm sorry to be a little inside baseball, and I know you'd appreciate this. You get a bunch of national writers on these calls, so the local guy like myself, you know, you hit the raise your hand thing, and you could be 30th in line to get a question. In over 15 minutes, Gino likes to talk. You're not going to get necessarily get your question. So this morning, he is on the call for like 19 minutes and 10 seconds, something like that. I timed it. Uh-huh. He's in the middle of an answer, and the moderator cuts him off and say, "We're out of time, coach." Oh, so you never got any? You never got any time with him? Well, so listen. I mean, I was, I didn't, I didn't care, but you're cutting the coach and he was in the middle of a sentence. He did a pause where he's like, well, we'll see. And, um, okay, coach, that's our time for today. You know, thanks for joining us. And he didn't say anything, but it's like, he's the face of the sport. Let him sit there for four hours. If he wants, I'm not, yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, and I'm sorry, not all this, not all things are equal and and life isn't fair, but nobody, nobody's going to hear, nobody wants, nobody's waiting in line except you're, unless you're uh, working in college station to hear like, the Texas A&M coach. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. So, so listen to this. It gets better. So automatically Twitter goes berserk with local media talking about it. You know, I didn't, you know, you're trying to cover the team. And the problem is you get, and again, for people who are not familiar with this national writers are asking questions because they've ne- of the program that we all know the answers to, because we've been doing it all year. Right. So they parachute in to ask their, cause they're writing a story about the team for the first time this year. Mm-hmm. So again, I get it, but it's just, it's tricky. So Gino does a second Zoom call with the local writers this afternoon at two o'clock. So mm-hmm. I give him credit. He he they they talked about it and he said, Yeah, I'll do it, no problem. So he gave us a half hour this afternoon after doing 20 minutes earlier today. But with all the things we talk about, the NCAA, the equity issues and gender problems they have, it's like sometimes it's like, you know what, what are you doing? You this know, is the face of your, this is the face of your sport, dude. Give let this guy, this is the guy you want to talk. Yeah. <sighs> So where does the so like set the table for us? We're yeah. taping this on Sunday night. UConn and Iowa and uh, Ballyhood. They still say Ballyhood. Oh, are you Ballyhood? Ballyhood matchup. Matchup. UConn wins uh, rather easily at the end. So where do they stand now as we sit here on Sunday night? So tomorrow night, Monday night, Monday night at seven o'clock on ESPN, they play Baylor. And the thing about Baylor is that they're defending national champs because there wasn't a championship game last year. So we're going right. years back. They've played each other eight times, four and four against each other. The last time they played last January, UConn lost by, I think, 15. It was like a one- or two-point game after three quarters, and Baylor blew them out in the fourth quarter. Uh, the UConn Huskies are a number one seed in this tournament. This was kind of Geno's theme today. Right. So 
and Baylor is a two seed. And if UConn, UConn was told they were probably the second number one seed, and Baylor is a team that was right around the top two or three all year long. So the idea that UConn is actually playing Baylor in the round of Elite Eight is kind of silly because there's no way Baylor is the seventh best team in the country because that's how it would map out if you're doing it ones versus twos based on strength. So his thing was like, what the hell are we doing playing this team now? We should be playing them in the next round. What Not, seed was Baylor? They're, they're a two seed, but they're, they're, they're the set like seventh overall, they're saying. Oh, that, that is confusing. So, you know, they're the, they're the third weakest two, where UConn is the second weak, second strongest one. So that's how they decided. Now, there's, now they're written to too much math for me. But yes. All so, right. So, uh, again, I know we good got a game lot. tomorrow. That's the point. Big game yeah, tomorrow night. Any team, either team can win. That was my question. I was gonna put, we got a lot to go. We have a we have a smorgasbord of stuff to get to tonight. But I was gonna add, I was gonna put you on the spot. What do you think about UConn's chances against Baylor? Either so, team 50-50. I don't, know, toss I don't up. know what the line is, but it's a toss up. UConn has some great young players. The uh, Baylor has some really good players as well. Their teams are very similar. Good defense. They've got stars. 50-50 games. Just see who what stars play the best. Okay. Well, again, I, I'm, I love that number for the ratings, but I also love the fact that, um, again, especially since ABC, Saturday in the spring, what the hell else did they have to show? Just Long cool. overdue having these games uh, on the network. Absolutely. Got nothing, I think, you know, otherwise, they'd be, they'd be repeating so, you know, some 30 for 30 from three years ago, ABC. So, yeah, thanks for putting it on. So let's hope that they, like you said, hope this is a pattern. I know local local affiliates would love for them to continue that. So we'll see where it goes. But Cool. Yeah. That's where we stand. So the we're kind of weaning ourselves off the college basketball season. Major League Baseball starts this week, Brian. Woo-hoo! Thank God. Oh, Thank yeah. God. Mets are in Washington, D.C. to take on the Nationals. Yankees open at home. Uh, who are they opening against? Toronto? No, wait. Is that who it is? I don't even remember. I, I think it's this. Toronto. I believe it's Toronto. Um, George Springer hurt, by the way, with a – what is it, a lat or something, by the way? Going to be out a couple weeks. That's so, one of those uh, – that's one of those injuries that you never hear about except with baseball players. Exactly. And it's always a strain. It's not like it's a tear either. It's a strain. You are correct, though, sir. Uh, uh, Blue Jays and uh, in, in the Bronx Thursday afternoon at 1. 47 and, degrees and some rain in the forecast in the morning. Oh, yeah. I, I was going to say the, the, the eastern the, – the forecast for the first day of baseball, at least in the eastern part of the country, as always, just delightful. Yeah, uh, the Mets play Washington on on Thursday night, which I I hate because I, I like it when my team plays like one o'clock in the afternoon a night on game? Monday. They're a night game. They're it gets it gets equally bad. And what Mets fans know what I'm about to say. It's a night game on ESPN. Well, the good thing is you know it'll be cold and rainy possibly, so you don't have to worry about uh, Alonzo tearing his hamstring rounded first on a you know ball in the gap. That's all you need. Yeah, that's all I need. And like Jake, Jake uh, Degrom's pitching, so you know it's actually it's it's worse than that. It's uh, I was reading today because I'm I'm into I wanted to check it out. Yeah, uh, high of thirty Thursday night in our nation's capital. Can't get loose, and he starts hurting his arm. That's all you need. Jesus. That's all I need. Jesus, can we pretty pretty please with sugar on top? Yeah. Start the start these out in the West Coast, or like start the season the second week of April. I don't want to move it too far back because the first of April is an awesome sports time. But April, can we make April 6th? Can we do April 6th? And, you know, the Yankees can play the Blue Jays in Dunedin. It's, it's an hour away. Just play in the, just keep them down there. Because the Blue Jays can't play at home anyway until, what, maybe May 1st is what they're talking about. So At best. At best. So. But I don't care. I'm going to watch Thursday night. I'll, I might have – is anybody from ESPN? I'm not thinking it's ESPN. I might have the, the sound down a little bit because I think it's an ESPN exclusive game. I don't think they're on SNY. 
but I'm looking forward to it. I'm loving it. I'm, I'm kind of excited about my team. I think if nothing else, they won't be boring. Um, Yankees, obviously they have sky high expectations. It'll be fun. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be nice. And you know what the players, I give them credit. They were talking about pushing the season back a month. The owners wanted to do that. Knock on wood. Everything's worked out so far and hopefully they get a season in 162 games. Yeah. We'll see what happens. I mean, I'm sure, you know, as you get more shots in the arms and, you know, everybody starts to, or is now eligible to get it uh, no matter your age. Um, hopefully that's, that stems the, uh, the COVID issues we're going to have. I know the Red Sox have already rendered that this week. They're going to miss some starter, some people to start off their season. And one more, but let's just one, hope for the best. One more note before we go to our next segment, Luke Voigt torn meniscus for the Yankees. So there's your first big injury, but they got a, a backup. Jay Bruce will play first base, you know, former Met, former Red, former Indian. Former everything. Yeah, former everything. So I actually like him for the Yankees coming off the bench as a, you know, that short porch and right. He could probably jerk a few into the stands, you know. Yeah, he's tailor-made for that. So, I mean, he's not – his best days are probably behind him. I don't think he would him playing, you know, 150 games there. And the Luke Voigt injury is kind of a bummer. But, uh, yeah, that's that, – that hopefully he can uh, – they said he could have played nice through it with treatment, but he. They said, "You know what? Let's just get him. Let's just let's just fix it now, and he'll be good to go." They think by June one. So, yeah. uh, Jerry Blevins didn't make the Mets. I know that was big news today. <sighs> Come on, Jerry's a good guy. Hello, Jerry. I just wanted Jerry, to. Jerry, for listening, you know he's very active on social media, very popular with the fans. So he gave it his old college try. Said he was only going to come back and get baseball one more try this year if he could try out with the Mets. Didn't work out. Oh well. Him well. He was, you know, he was a damn good lefty reliever for a few years. All right. When we come back, we're going to talk about the NBA, a local guy from Middletown, from U- from UConn is on the move. We already talked about Mike Woodson taking an Indiana job. A couple other things Brian wants to complain about something. I don't know what. Uh, and also, why was I walking Bobby Valentine's dog? We're going to talk about that and some birthdays Uh-oh. as well. Nice tease. Oh, excellent. Yeah. Take it away, Brian. Yeah, April 1st. Well, yeah, April's almost here. You know what's coming up? Easter. Yeah, Easter's next week. Are you stressed out about shopping for Easter? Don't be. Let Instacart do the shopping for you. We talk about it every week. Instacart is super easy to use. Shop from home. Let Instacart go get your groceries and your other stuff and deliver it to your house. Sometimes you can get your Instacart deliveries in under two hours. In fact, if you, you can choose stores that use Instacart and have them do some of your, your Easter shopping, not just your ham, not just your, your lamb, if you get that, not just, you know, eggs, whatever you're doing for Easter for your meal. You know, Easter goodies for the kids, Easter baskets, Easter candy. You get all that done choosing Instacart and choosing the stores that you know, because you're going to choose stores that you know. They're all there on Instacart. Stores that you trust, it's great. This is a great time to be a first-time user with Instacart, because uh, check out this promo code and write this down. 30 off three new. That's three zero OFF three new. 30 off three new. Well, what's that mean? It means first time customers of Instacart, you're going to get $10 off your first three Instacart orders of 35 bucks or more. But jump onto this now and do it for Easter and get it, get it, get on this deal, get on that promo code deal because it's only lasting through uh, April 11th. So these things go by fast. And that's a great deal to save you on some groceries. Go on to the EDBC podcast at edbcpodcast.buzzsprout.com. Uh, you click on any one of our episodes, you'll see a little link there for Instacart. Go mm-hmm. on there, get your account all set up, super easy to sign up. Click on the link to Instacart. When you do that, you can start saving with that promo code. I'll say it again. Just write it down, 330 off, 3 new, 30OFF, 3 new. Save on those first three orders and give a little love for our show this spring season. Instacart, stay home and save. 
All right, we mentioned NBA trade deadline. Andre Drummond released by the uh, Cavaliers. He hasn't played in about a month because they don't want to risk injury to him. Uh, LaMarcus Aldridge is going to go play for the Nets. He's been on the sidelines as well. Um, what do you think of all this, Brian, this way the NBA owners are maneuvering players and doing things that we complain about all the time? How is it we can complain about people, their load management, we can't complain about owners and the things they do with the players. I can complain about the owners. I can complain about the players. And I'm oh, I don't think do you can. I don't think you can. I'm going to do both in a minute. I know you don't think I can find things to complain about. Bring Wrong. it, sister. Go ahead. Let's hear it. Wrong. Well, first of all, yeah, it was a quiet trade deadline for like the locals. Um, the Knicks were rumored to get maybe do something. They didn't. Uh, Lonzo Ball, you heard about. Turns out they didn't move him to Orleans, kept him, which I don't know why you trade Lonzo Ball anyway. But it would have been an awesome pickup for the Knicks. Would have been a perfect pickup. Okay, but they didn't. But yeah. So you mentioned a couple names. One of our, you know, our old UConn friend, Andre Drummond, gets a buyout from the Cleveland Cavaliers. You know, they don't trade him at the deadline. LaMarcus Aldridge, who used to be great, he's been a stiff for about a year and a half, and it might, might be two years. He's been an absolute stiff. He, he's no good anymore. Yeah. Gets a buyout from the San Antonio Spurs. Why do the Nets want him? Yeah, because so now LaMarcus Aldridge is going to go play for the Nets. You know, he gets, so this is – and they don't need him. They've actually, you know, they've got, they've actually, you know, they had DeAndre Jordan still. They have this this young center, Claxton, Nick Claxton, who's played really well for them. They have depth. They don't need, you don't lead LaMarcus Aldridge on the nets. They're already, we know, they they cherry-picked their roster. It's a softball team. You know, somebody said last night, it's like the softball team from the Simpsons episode where, you know, one side was the All-Stars and one side was Homer and his buddies. We, we Shelby get it. Bill. Shelbyville, thank you. Yeah. So, yeah, so LaMarcus Aldridge gets to, like, get a nice little payout from the San Antonio Spurs to go away and leave them alone and let them rebuild. And he's going to go glom on to the Brooklyn Nets, and, and you know, he'll if they win a title, he gets a ring, despite the fact that he'll probably add absolutely nothing of value to the Brooklyn, the Brooklyn Nets. Locker room guy, come on. Yeah, right. What you can tell him how to do, how much how much weight to gain during the offseason? Well, I could do that. I mean, really, I mean, no, this, this just sucks, like – the trade deadline was kind of quiet this year. A couple big deals. Aaron Gordon went to Denver, which I really wanted Aaron Gordon. I have an Aaron Gordon man crush. Cool. That was good. Some decent moves. But if you know these eyes are going to be available in like a week, what the hell is the incentive to try and make a trade? Especially if you're the Lakers and the Nets and like everybody wants to play with the Lakers. And why wouldn't Marcus Aldridge want to go play for the Nets? And like I say, glom on to a championship. If they, they they wear it's, I like a new rule. If he gets a ring, like when those guys that go on, they just want to cherry pick the teams and go play with the big boys and you know coast to a title. That's fine, but your ring has to be like half the size of the starters' rings. Listen, it's, the NBA is in trouble. Uh, th- listen, their ratings are down. Yep, players are not playing, and I mean the idea that these guys need these rest days. I just. I mean, Evan Robbins of the world and people like that who scream and yell, no, it's a new world, you know, the get off my lawn mentality. Like I've always said, whether it's Patrick Ewing or Charles Barkley or Michael Jordan or Magic Johnson or Larry Bird, Larry Bird could barely walk some nights getting off the yep. court and he played. So enough already. Just And again, the, the fan who spends his money to go to a game and then the star doesn't play, first of all, shame on them for spending their money on that product anyway. But I agree with you. I, I just I don't get it, and it, it has to be addressed. And the idea of these players, Andre Drummond hasn't played for a month. Why? So it doesn't get hurt. Yeah, it hurt his value. It's crazy. Man. The, the, the Oklahoma City Thunder just said yesterday, and they said they're not going to buy him out, which makes no sense. They're just sitting Al Horford, who I know his best days are behind him, but he could still help a team out. 
Oklahoma City's not contending. They're just, no, we're playing young guys. Al, just don't play. You're not going to play the rest of the year. Just collect your play paycheck. And then in the summer, we don't want you to get hurt, and we don't want to buy you out because we want to see if we get something back for you. You're just not going to play the rest of the year. And we'll pay you, but we don't want you to get hurt so we can flip you for like a second-round pick in July. That sucks. Meanwhile, we'll keep losing to get better draft picks. So. Yeah, and I get like some of like some of it's legit. Like I use Kimba Walker, another local guy who's had knee issues. So like it's a condensed schedule this year. So the Celtics have a thing with Kimba. You're not playing in the second night of a back to back. Okay, fine. I don't love it, but I get it. Yeah. But it's gotten way overblown. And yes, here's my old guy rant too. If you had told Michael Jordan that he was going to be in load management and wasn't going to play a, a you know a, a Thursday night back in the, back in his day when there's only like two or three national t- uh, national broadcast games a week, there weren't like seventeen. And said, oh, "Yeah, we're we're playing uh, you know we're playing Houston on Wednesday night on ESPN, but you're going to sit the game out for load management." Michael Jordan would have committed a felony. He would have stabbed somebody. Yep. So yeah, that's my old man rant. Get rid of the buyout. Or make sure, or have it be. We'll give you your money, but you're not eligible to be in a playoff roster. Do you want to go play for Brooklyn till the end of till the end of the regular season and collect some money, hang out with the guys? Have at it. You're not playing in the playoffs. I like that. There you go. That's a good idea. That's my rant. I told you I could complain about something. All right. Well, that's good. All right. Listen. The other thing I wanted to talk about real quick: Howard Schnellenberger, from the University of Miami football coach, architect of that program from '79 to '83. Passed away. I think he was 87. You sent me a great story. Go on social media, check it out. The time he met Mick Jagger. I'll have you read it yourself because we're tight on time. But it was a hysterical story, and I appreciate you sending it to me. It's very yeah. Bomani. I hope I'm saying his name right. He's because I know all the big ESPN guys listen. Uh, Bomani Jones from ESPN like retweeted that. He said this is a must read. And he, I forget the author who wrote it, but he was right. Just read about the time Howard Schnellenberger met Mick Jagger in the Louisville football locker room. Wait 1989 room, room. Steel Wheels Tour. Yes, it was very funny. Very funny. And he is just an, you know, he has, there is such a great trickle down what could have been with Howard Schnellenberger and one of our local teams, the New York Giants. You know this story, right? Yeah. Yes, I do. So after they won that national title, Bill Parcells was a first year coach of the Giants. They go 312 and one. They want to fire Parcells so they can hire, hire, hire Howard Schnellenberger. He turns them down. He goes to USFL. Parcells stays. Bill Parcells becomes Bill Parcells and, you know, turns around the Giants and wins them two world championships. Schnellenberger leaves. Jimmy Johnson goes to Miami. He does such a great job at Miami, you know, a national power that, you know, his old crony, his old college buddy or college roommate five years later goes, hey, you want to coach the freaking Dallas Cowboys? What changes if Howard Schnellenberger had become the New York Giants head coach? The, uh, and it's funny, every guy who left Miami, even Jimmy said that it was a hard decision. He obviously went to go coach the Cowboys, but they all say, I wish I would have stayed because I would have been curious because it's such a great place to live. I mean, yeah. Coral Gables, Florida, Butch Davis, he knew when he left. But these guys, you I mean, when some NFL team calls and, and the USFL called for Howard, offered him, I think, a piece of the team and a ton it was, of money. It was a huge deal. It was a huge deal. I don't remember the specifics, but I – I remember seeing the, uh, something on it a, year, a while ago about reading about the USFL. It was a massive deal. I was like, no, you can't turn this down. And the 30 for 30 with uh, about Miami with Schnellenberger in it is just fantastic. He's interviewed in it. He was great in the documentary. Just a really cool guy to, to listen to him tell old stories about, you know, him walking in some of the worst neighborhoods in America in Miami. 
yep. into this pipe and recruiting kids and leaving his pipe behind in some places because then he knew the kids had to call him back or whatever, you know. So that's great. Check it out. And just like, yeah, he turned that whole thing into a power. Like, you know, I read reading this week, you know, instead of he's not going instead of going to Texas or New Jersey or Ohio or Pennsylvania or California, he's like, he just started, I think, what do they call it? The the Tampa to Miami connection. Like he was just in, just grabbing these in-state guys that were awesome. Yeah, basically Florida, south of Orlando. Yes. Yeah. Any any college player south of Orlando, they fenced it off and you're you're gonna play here. I mean they lost a few along the way, don't get me wrong. But um if you were the one of the best kids in Miami, of course, kids want to leave too. That's the other thing. People do want to leave, but if you were one of the best kids in Miami, you were staying. So oh yeah. Um, the other thing I teased was why was I walking Bobby Valentine's dog, Brian? Yes, I don't even know this. I saw you posted something on your Facebook page this week, which I'm sure got a lot of feedback. It did. But you uh, were you were doing obviously working. You were doing something with Bobby Valentine for uh, on a story or something. But you were walking his dog, and what's the Bobby, story there? Bobby has two border collies, and he brought one of them to work. The the puppy he brought to work, nine month old Jake. And John Pierce and I were doing a story about Bobby. It's going to air. Uh, I'm not sure when it's going to air, but anyway, you know, great storyteller, but he brings this puppy and the dog is whining the entire interview. Bobby keeps giving it snacks, you know, petting it, but this dog just wants his owner to look at him hundred percent. I don't know that, yep. with that, but just yes, look at me, as puppies at, will do. Yep. Look at me, look at me, look at me. So we're getting about, two thirds of the way through the interview and, and Bobby's had enough. He's like this, you know, I'm sorry guys. Like I got to take him outside. This is awful. So John and I both had our cameras rolling and I had asked what I wanted to ask. John had a couple more questions. I said, Hey Bob, give me the leash. I'm going to take the dog for a walk. He's like, are you sure? I said, yep, here you go. So I took Bobby Valentine's dog for a walk so we could finish our interview with him without being interrupted by the the little yips of the, of the border collie during the interview. That's so, tremendous. See, yeah. that's true. That's what. That's why you're Connecticut sports guest of the year. No ego. No ego. No ego on you because I could say you know there's two types of species that always need attention: dogs and TV news anchors always have to have attention. Not you, sir. You. You said you look know, at what? me. Look at me. Look I, at me. My work is done here. My colleague still would like to get some stuff done here. He has a few more questions. Let me be. I'll take the dog out. Don't you worry about anything. You just focus. You and John have a nice conversation. I'll take care of the dog. Just that you are a freaking team player. That's a great example of the kids out there. Bobby, I mean, listen, I've met him a million times. You know, he's hit or miss sometimes, but he was on and he wanted to talk the other day. He told some great stories. And again, I'll tell you more about that in the next coming weeks as uh, as things unfold. A little teaser. You said he has a book coming out this year? He has a book coming out in the fall. And he also told us, I don't know if I can share this, but I will with you. Him and Joe Torrey are doing a special on the 20-year anniversary of 9-11 with HBO Sports. That's awesome. Yeah. So Bobby has that. Uh, his, he also has a movie production company, which is going to do uh, a great movie. I'll tell you, I'll tell you about that off, off the, uh, the zoom later on, but let me, let me guess. Got a lot of irons in the fire. I know. And I know we're going crazy. We've got a busy show, but let me guess is one of the things in production at Bobby Valentine's uh, movie production company or whatever it's called is one of them, a documentary called, that's a wrap. The history of the wrap sandwich by Bobby Valentine. Nice try. Nice try. Not? Nope, it is not. It's okay. a book. It's about a book that I saw reviewed in the New York Times a couple of months ago that I said, I can't wait to read this book. So that's all I'll tell you for right now. That was the, that, you're talking about the autobiography of Linda Lavin, star of TV's yeah. Alice? No, it was of Mel. The, the, the <laughs> Mel. 
the late, great Vic Kabeck. Thank you very much. All right, listen, we got to take one more time out. And then you have a list of birthdays we got to get to as well. So oh, you know, do I ever. One, two, three, four, five birthdays for the last couple minutes here. So we'll take one more time out and then we'll be back with this list. Go ahead, Brian. Oh, yeah. Spring is here. We all want to open those windows, a little, you know, crack, crack them open a little bit at night, get some fresh air when the night when the night is right and the air is right. Get some fresh air for a good night's sleep. You know what else helps with a good night's sleep? A great mattress. And this spring, Allswell wants you to have the chance to have a super mattress at a super affordable price. So now through April 14th, consumers can take 15% off mattresses at allswellhome.com with the code SPRING. That's all capital letters, SPRING. Go on to allswellhome.com, use that promo code, and save 15% off mattresses. And let me tell you something. These mattresses start as low as $345. And I'm not kidding, $345, three digits, not four. And I'm not talking about some twin bed mattress. I'm talking about a queen-size mattress. So remember that promo code, uh, SPRING, just like this wonderful season, all capital is capital letters. Use it at allswellhome.com. Hey, I ask you every week, if you want to go through, it would be awesome. Go through the EDBC podcast at edbcpodcast.buzzsprout.com. Click on any one of our episodes. You don't have to listen. Look and you know, listen to you know, listen later at your convenience. But click under that link, go to allsohome.com, start shopping, find the perfect mattress at a super awesome, affordable price. Use that promo code SPRING now through April 14th. Shop and save and sleep well and give a little love to our little podcast this spring. All's well, sleep well and save. All right, birthday time. Five of them. And again, I don't know if I, I think we did a couple of them last year, but I'm not sure. I think we did at least one, maybe two. But it's hard, man. I, pressure on you to pick these birthdays. I omitted a couple this year, this week that I know we did last year. My memory is good at useless trivia, not so good at what birthdays we talked about last year. So if I'm being repetitive, I apologize. I think a couple, at least a couple. I think I think I know the one, and we can, you can say at the end. I think I know the one you think we did last year, and you're probably right. But let's start off right, right away. Uh, Elton John. Oh, oh, sorry. Excuse me. Sir Elton John. <laughs> Sir Elton John, please. Ignited. Yeah, well, talk about a fabulous career. I'm not a huge fan, but I respect the the, the catalog of things. He He's kind of like Billy Joel to me. One of those guys who's got a bazillion songs. If you went to his concert, you'd know every song, right? Absolutely. And I'm like with you. Uh, I'm not a huge fan. Elton John fan. I do have like four or five of his, maybe, maybe not four or five, but I have a few songs that I really like that I think are great, but I appreciate the, the effort, the, the singing, the songwriting, um, although Bernie Talbot wrote all his lyrics and the yeah. fact that he's still going, going strong at, it, at this age. And what is his age? 75. Oh, no, no. Sorry. Premature. Boom. Hate it when that happens. <laughs> a little under 74. I'm still in the plus or minus. I'm right there at the plus yeah. or the three yeah. the three percentage points of error. If this is yeah. polling data, you'd be doing you'd be batting a thousand. You know what I mean? Screw that guy, Nate. What's his name on? Uh, or Nate, what? Uh, I know the guy you mean. Five thirty eight boy. Yes, Nate Silver. No, is Nate that- Nate Silver. Yeah, it's Nate Silver. All right, the next oh, one's man. from your favorite movie of all time, of course. So that's why it's on this list. Oh, you got it right, man. Uh, dirty. Well, you know, I got dancing in my heart. Even my feet aren't moving. My feet are moving. My feet might be Ferris still, Bueller. but I'm dancing in my I'm heart. Ferris Bueller, what are you talking about? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, she, yeah, I forgot about her. Come on, Jennifer. Yeah, but Ferris Bueller, Dirty Dancing, and then I don't know what the hell she did after that. Didn't she have a TV show on ABC at one point, too? Like, but with her name in the title, like... Something she, gray or something? Oh, I think. You know, all right, where she played her, 
where she, she played herself. herself. Yeah, she played herself, and they, oh, you're not her. Her nose is bigger. Yeah, I seem to recall something along those lines. That was that's vaguely familiar. It sounds like an awful show, and probably why it didn't last. Um, the first I, number that comes up in my mind, I think, is wrong, but I'm going to say it anyway. I want to say she's 57, but I think I'm really wrong. Yeah, and again, remember Ferris Bueller, Dirty Dancing. So this one is one of those. I guess 50, yeah, 50, definitely 57. Yeah, this one, well, you're about to feel even older than you probably already do. Because Jennifer Gray and her, I don't know how old her nose is, but Jennifer Gray is 61. Oh, my God. No yeah. Jeez, that one does hurt a little bit. Man. The old, yeah, but Ferris Bueller was 86, and she was probably, yeah, oh, my God. That's whew, that's 35 years ago. Jeez. Yeah, that movie came out because I remember like my sister and her friends went to go see it and I had to like pick them up or like something like that. And that was my senior year of high school, Dirty, Dirty Dancing came out, 1990. So yeah, thanks for making me feel old, Jennifer. And she was playing a 16-year-old. Yeah, so let's not do the math, but she was older than 16. Yeah. I guess she was 30, 30 whatever. Like, whatever, let's move on. Uh, what was I going to say about that? Uh, I don't know if you saw the next two. Are you still venting about Jennifer Gray? No, the next one's a quarterback. Right. I have. I don't recall seeing this anywhere this week, so I was pleasantly surprised. Yeah, someone tweeted this out, out so thank you very much. Um, yeah, uh, Randall Cunningham, underrated quarterback, by, I think. Buddy Ryan's uh, Eagles there back in the, what was it, like 87, 88, 89? Yeah, late 80s. So I'm thinking Buddy Ryan couldn't win a single playoff game with Randall Cunningham and that defense. I'm going to say he's 58. Boom. Really? Boom goes the dynamite. Wow. Yeah. He was fun to play that famous play where he jumped over Carl Banks or whatever. Carl Banks hit him and he kept going. Yep. 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 Uh, used to kill the Cowboys in the late eighties with, uh, you know, even, even going to the like 1991 before the Cowboys just made him there. You know what? Yeah. Really underrated player. Um, I, and that it's one of those things where like, I feel like this guy gets penalized because, and I put Warren Moon in here and there's probably other guys. We talk about Dan Marino, never won one, but it seems like a jip, like that, that just bad luck. He was on a great Vikings team again later in his career. See, he should have gone to a Super Bowl. Yeah, you're probably right. But again, he played in a really hard division when he was with the Eagles, the Giants. I know. Then the Cowboys were good. The, the Redskins were good. Football team was always good. So. The youngins won't believe us, but given how it's been the last few years, but there was a time where the NFC East was by far, by far the toughest division in football. And Arizona was in that division too, believe it or not. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, 58. Yep. Yeah, uh, should have been un- hard to believe those Eagles teams never even got to an NFC title game. And Minnesota should have gone to that Super Bowl. They had that great year, 98. And the kicker, I forget the kicker, the Got, oh, Gary Anderson misses a gimme field goal. Oh, well, it's because that stupid helmet he was wearing. That's why. Hey, dude, that's old school. I think kickers should be wearing those helmets now. I think you should be wearing that helmet now. I would. I, I, I would love to wear the Joe Theismann era helmet while we're podcasting. I'm going to work on that. Now, right, I, but, think, I think the next two were on our list last year, but I'm not positive. Oh, okay. I was going to guess this guy, but you're probably right. Well, let's see if our memory, if your memory is working well. Uh, filmmaker Quentin Tarantino. You know, again, I'm trying to just figure out Pulp Fiction's a mid-90s movie. He had to be in his, you know, I would say six, seven years older than me. So I'm going to guess 55. Uh, no. He and, he and Randall Shaman share a birthday on the same day and same age. He's also 58. 
right, I'm in the ballpark again. Ballpark. Reservoir Dogs, his first movie came out in 1992, which is almost freaking 30 years ago. When he no, was I watched that movie once, and I should probably watch it again because I don't know any of the pop culture references in that movie. I just remember watching it and thought it was okay, but just a little emotional, so I wasn't really into it that much. I don't know if we might have done this last year, but how were, yeah, I'll, I don't sidetrack the whole thing because we're coming up against our time here, but where are you on, yeah, where are you on Quint, Quentin Tarantino? Uh, I loved Pulp Fiction. I think it took me a while to really appreciate it the way he, before I thought Jackie Brown was, eh. Again, he tried kind of repeating the same formula, I thought. Yep. Honest with you, I haven't really watched many of his movies. The recent ones, I've not seen any of them. Yeah, I haven't seen any recent ones either. I saw the last one I saw that was recent was Django Unchained. Did not see uh, that. I didn't really like it. And Eric, I'm to go back to my whole thing last week about movie links and too long. Eric, it was so long. It made The Irishman feel like a 90 minute movie. Really? It was so long, dude. And even some of the stuff, you know, he gets a little crazy with the stunt casting. Um, you know, work back with John Travolta and whatnot, or bring him, or like, um, Pam Greer and Jackie Brown, that was kind of cool, but he's getting, he got a little too out there with the stunt casting, like Don bringing Don Johnson back. I mean, that's so I, I just haven't seen a lot of them lately. I, I, I think he's got like two or three really good ones. He wrote True Romance. It's not really his movie because he wrote the script. And I think True Romance, True Romance is a great movie. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, I differ with you here. I love Jackie Brown. That's one. Of, that's my favorite one of his. And I, I really like Pulp Fiction, but Jackie Brown is the one I like the most. I could rewatch that movie. Uh, I like the cast. The others are just eh. What is, I don't, what is his most recent movie? I don't even know. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. That's what I was going to say that, but I again, that's another one of those movies that did really well, but the, it was like the people of Hollywood loved it more than I think the regular people. Yeah, I've heard like, I'm, not that I'm like asking 50 people, but I think I like four people like, and I, I you know talked about it and was like two really liked it and two couldn't stand it. Well, I will not be watching it, so there. All right, good. So, there will be no review. From Eric Dobratz on Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Not on this last podcast. One, last one is another big fan. Another no surprise you picked this because you're so in love with her. But go ahead. Are you just gonna keep are you just gonna keep recycling that out with these yeah. type of okay, good. At least we know. Okay. Yeah. Um yeah, very popular. She's done well. Her career is like 30 years old now. Uh ha, uh is the singer of possibly the worst Christmas song ever of all time. Um, or I carry celebrating a birthday. Now I'm going to say this and tell me if, if you agree or not. Okay. I, don't, I don't know how old she is. I'm going to, we'll get to that. She is, she reminds me of what her career is going to be different genre, but the way she's going to age and the, the plastic surgery on her face and all that other stuff, is she going to be the next Dolly Parton per se, that woman who's always going to look like that. You understand you get my drift here. Kind of like that. Like 20 years from now, she's going to kind of look the same probably with all the work she's going to well, I understand the premise, but I'm also a little half insulted. Are you insinuating that Donnelly Parton has had work done? <laughs> I'm not sure I agree with that. But I don't uh, think you're, you're jumping the gun on that, my friend. You might Dolly be Parton, you She's know. beloved. You might be right. But I can uh, uh, Here's a better right. one. Here's a, here, I, got, Go that's, I, I got a better one. Go I don't know about beloved, but it'll still be relevant and will for many years to come. And it'll be painfully obvious that she's had work done. I think it's more like, it, will she be Cher? We'll still be talking about her like 70s when she's in her 70s. Cher, much, obviously much more talented individual with the acting and the um, singing as well. Uh, <laughs> apparently somebody never, as opposed to Dolly Parton? Yes, that's true. Well, apparently somebody never saw Best Little Whorehouse in Texas. I never saw that. 
let's move on. Uh, yeah, let's get stage She is 56. She is only, if you believe this, and I'm not sure I do, she's a apparently she's 51. You know what? You're right because Derek Jeter's our age about and they dated. So I should have, that, that's a bad job on me. I should have thought that a little more. I figured she was a couple years old. They may be right. That's, that's awful. That's the, my worst guess of the year, I think, by far. No, I wouldn't mind. I might have guessed that because I thought she'd like be like more than three or four years older than us. Uh, Derek Jeter also, again, it all ties back, back in. She, he also dated Dolly Parton, correct? That is true. And Quentin Tarantino. Oh, uh, it's hard to keep romance alive when both figures are, you know, in the public spotlight. <laughs> All right, man. So next week we got a final four to talk about men's and women's basketball. We all have, we'll be able to digest some major league baseball, which I cannot wait. I'm really looking forward to that. I got to figure out how I'm going to watch major league baseball at my house. Cause I don't have cable and the streaming issues with the Yankees and the Mets and all the stuff that I, I have to figure that out this week. Yeah. Figure that out. Yeah. Um, there's some different options out there, but you know, you have to deal with blackouts and all this other stuff, which is aggravating. Yeah, based on where you live. I don't know. Um, uh, I know SNY has several streaming options, but uh, you'll figure it out. Someone told me AT&T TV has all the sports packages. Excuse me. Uh, but it's like 80 bucks a month. That's a lot. Of you're not what, you're not paying 80 bucks a month to watch the New York Yankees play 162 times a game. Well, except for the WPAX games. No, 80 a month, not 80 a year. 80 a month. Oh, that's a little. Mm. Why don't you just keep cable? Well, exactly. Yeah. So, that is a, there's the MLB package, but then you need to, to you'll get your games blacked out. So yeah, I wouldn't the MLB. If you're out there, I need some advice. What do I do to get my Yankees? All right, this is our this is our we're actually about to call out this week. Yeah. Tweet to Eric, you know, go on our Facebook page and make a comment to Eric. We'll put this out there this week. Tell him how the hell he can watch the Yankees and to a lesser degree the Mets this year. And if I and I'm fine with stealing uh, all kinds of things. So whatever I got, yeah, it's fine. You want to sure? Why not? I'm not I'm not afraid of stealing kids. Let's go. That's good. All right. We'll look forward to another list of birthdays. Like I said, uh, March Madness for both men and women, Major League Baseball. Looking forward to another edition next week. But I hope you enjoy this one, right? Yeah. Where can we hear it real quick? Oh, golly. Well, we know about buzzsprout.com, which is cool. You know, that's our home base. But dude, we're on everywhere. We're everywhere. We're on Apple. We're on Apple Music, uh, iTunes. We're on Spotify. We're on Podbay and Podcat. We're Podbean and Podbay. Two different things. We're on Radio.com. We're on iHeartRadio. We're on Amazon. So uh, Amazon Radio. So all that stuff. Beautiful. Good job with the producing and the technical. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Go sit with your family for the rest of the night. Watch a little basketball. Get control of the remote in that household of yours. Will you please? Yes, absolutely. All right. That'll do it for this edition of the EDBC Podcast. Eric Dobretz and Brian Coleman. Till next time, Brian. Say goodbye. See ya.